This is The Recap, a weekly reflection on the sermons of Fellowship Baptist Church in Mainville, Ohio, seeking to help you make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life. I'm your host this week, Ryan Land, and I'm here with the preacher of this week's sermon, as usual, Brent Wilson. Brent, how you doing today? Hey man, doing good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, it's fun to pretend like we haven't been talking to each other all day. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, true. So let uh, let us dive just right in because I actually thought it was a a, a wide a wide scoping sermon. Yeah, uh, and so there's a lot to a lot to cover, and so I don't want to I don't want to I don't we don't have time to waste time with any banter or no shenanigans rambling no shenanigans no uh, no no mischief no, none of that. <laughs> uh, we got to get right, and we got questions at the end, and so we got to get right. To I the, love having questions. I love having questions too. So we gotta, we got to get right to the the meat. So uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, we're covenanting together. Last week, we talked about covenanting together in and for the gospel. And this week, we were talking about uh, covenanting together as uh, a family. And so that's a language we use a lot. Uh, you know, when we talk about the church, we, you know. The family uh, language? Yeah, yeah. So we, we, a lot of times we talk about, our, you know, the church's family, our church's mm-hmm. our family. And so, but I don't know that we always reflect on what that actually means and how that reflects and how we treat each other and yeah, uh, what can that, be throwaway language. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's warm. It can be like sentimental, yeah, you know, yeah. warm, fuzzy language. And so I thought it was really helpful to say, Hey, let's, let's sit in this cause it's true, yeah. but let's, what does it actually mean? And so you gave kind of three kind of practical points. And so uh, I just kind of want to run through those uh, if, if, if that's, if that's cool yeah, with yeah. you. And, and to take one quick step back, just to say, yeah. The reason we're doing this series again is to say, well, yeah, yeah, we sure. we are we have rewritten or from scratch written a, a new church covenant that we are proposing uh, to be adopted formally by our church at our next members meeting, and we want to say, hey, this is what it looks like for our church to live together to live before God and before each other. We have a doctrinal statement that says, hey, these are the things we have to believe. But we want a church covenant that says, hey, this is how we're going to live. We, we currently have one, but literally no one knows what's in it. And and uh, it's really short. And so we wanted to say, hey, we want to take membership ser- more serious uh, and what it means to covenant together more serious. And there's a theme from the first sermon that uh, I think is really a big deal. And that was this idea of we don't want to be consumers of the church. We want to mm-hmm. be covenant members of the church. So we don't want to treat our church like uh, our gym membership. We want to treat it like family, which is this week. Uh, my gym membership, when they get rid of the weights I like, I go to a different gym. Uh, but when my family does something, I don't I don't give up on them. I fight for them. Yeah. Uh, and so we want it to be more like that. And so that that idea of covenanting really comes in, into play when we begin to talk about family. Yeah. That, no, I think that's great. So you, your first uh, big idea was, you know, practicing these one another's in scripture, which how, how many are there? You, you said in your sermon, uh, there's like, a, over a hundred instances, but there are fif- 59 specific okay. commands that are, that are just more than yeah. love one another or. Yeah. 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 You know, I'll list some of them here, but, but it's interesting, you know, these are the ones that particularly use the phrase one another. There are other commands, <laughs> yeah. you know, that just command us to do things. And it doesn't happen yeah, yeah. to use the wording one another that yeah. would would still be things we want to do that would apply here. But these are just the ones that say one another. And, you know, this is a, uh, you know, people, people probably haven't heard of, or some people haven't heard of 
the one another's like this formal yeah. category. And it's not like it's in one book or one chapter. It's just taking from the entire new Testament, all the times that there's a command for us to do something toward one another um, and, and try to embody that, to live that out. Mm-hmm. And, and so here, here are some of the examples. So you have love one another, be devoted to one another. Yeah. Which love one another. I think of the specific actions is the one that occurs most often. Probably. Um, I didn't look because up, probably. we have this, we have this poster in the youth room uh-huh. and it's these like bubbles yeah. and for every time that specific command is, is given the bubble is like a little bit bigger Oh, okay. And they're all inside the love one another yeah, bubble. Yeah, yeah. I should, I should like post an image of that or something. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's a really cool poster. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, love one another, be devoted to one another. One, I talked about some of the sermon that I think we forsake is to honor one mm-hmm. another. Oh yeah. Uh, so talked about that a little bit, uh, live in harmony with one another, which is, you know, kind of unity. We'll talk about that. Uh, build up, be like minded, accept, admonish, care for, serve, bear, bear with one another. That's a, that's another one that's like the layman's translation is put up with one another. Yeah, d- deal with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we have a hard time with that. You know, it's like when that person who's annoying or I don't know who coined this term, but they're an EGR an extra grace extra required, grace required. Uh, person. Usually we just want to get like, get this person away from me. Yeah. Like, put them in a different when, group. When, when we're in conversation, you know, we're like looking around to see what we can, mm-hmm. what excuse we can make to get out of it or who yeah, we yeah. can pass them off to. Yeah, yeah. 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 But we're commanded to bear with one another, uh, forgive, be patient with, this is a hard one. And, and I'd like to do a deeper study on this, but what it means to submit to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Look to the interests of one another over yourself, right? And so it's like, man, I, I want to be more interested in what matters to you than what mm-hmm. matters to me. Yeah. Um, comfort, teach, encourage, exhort, stir up, pray for. St- stir up to good works. Yeah. <laughs> Not just like. <laughs> Not stir them up to anger. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not just get them riled up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which we might be good at that. I would say we're probably pretty good at that one. Just don't think it's uh, uh, biblical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, it goes on and on. Those are just some of the examples. But a lot of commands of how we're supposed to treat each other mm-hmm. um, that I think we probably forsake Yeah, a lot. For sure. I, uh, I heard a pastor uh, talk about, uh, you know, the only time we rightly live out honor one another is when it's too late. When they're dead. Yeah. It's when oh, they're yeah. dead, you know, at the funeral. And, and so it's like, that's what we, it's really easy for us to show honor to someone mm. at their funeral. Uh, but how often are we showing honor to people and it's actually benefiting them? We say everything at the funeral. We wish we had said to them earlier. Yeah. So let's yeah. speed it up and, and do it now. <laughs> speed it up. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I mean, in your, your point about encouragement, I think is so true. Is that like it cost you nothing and could give the recipient of yeah. you know your encouragement everything? You know, I don't know if you feel this, but sometimes it can feel, I don't know if awkward is the right word, but it's like feel, hey man, I want to go just really build that person up, really honor them, really say how much they mean to me or whatever. And it feels awkward, but yeah. it's like, it don't feel awkward to the person receiving it. <laughs> yeah. They're like pumped about it. Yeah. And, and I think there's another sense and it's like, we don't want to, we don't want to, well, at least I feel like this sometimes. It's like, I don't want this person to think I'm just like flattering them. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to just like flatter them and like make them feel good. Yeah. It's like, I actually think this right. about them. Right. Right. Uh, and so like sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll 
you know, compliment someone, tell them, you know, I appreciate their, what they're doing, yeah, yeah. they're doing a good job. And they're like, uh, you're, you're too kind or whatever. And I'm like, no, I mean it. You know, yeah, it's like, I was just like, kind of, I'm not trying to be kind. It's like, I mean it. You are doing a great job or you're right. doing a good thing. Or like, I'm yeah. seeing this in you. That's, that's commendable. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and, and what about the receiving end of that? Like, I think sometimes, you know, it can be hard to receive that because you're like, Am I supposed to agree with him? Like, yeah, I am doing <laughs> yeah. a great job. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, or, am I, am I, uh, yeah, do, you know, do I, do I have to feign like feign humility? Like feign humility? Yeah. Or, but no, I think, no, 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 yeah, no. Oh, you stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think it's fine to just say, hey, thank, thank you for the encouragement. Yeah. Like, I want to receive that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, I was in a, this is such a weird story. I was in a speech class in college and we had to do this exercise where we complimented people. And we had to just accept the compliment. Uh-huh. Like we couldn't say anything else. Uh-huh. And so we had to just say, thank you. And so it's like, <laughs> I remember, I remember one, I, I, I told a guy I liked his shoes or something. I was like, Hey, I think your shoes are really cool. And he's like, Oh, thanks. I got them at this place. And the teacher was like, Nope, <laughs> you can't do that. You, huh. just, you have to say thank you. And it's like, we are hardwired to culturally. I, like, I don't, I don't know where this comes from. It's like to not accept encouragement. Yeah. Right. And to yeah. feign humility, to yeah. feign, uh, whatever to redirect the attention. Uh, so I think not only do we need to grow, I think in giving encouragement, but be open to receiving it. Yeah. Here, here's what, here's, this is funny. Uh, you, in college for you, theater school, um, <laughs> theater, theater school, I went to a regular college, whatever, you're you're a theater, theater program, school. you know, you're doing that. And we didn't do this in school, but I had some friends in Bible college who they would get together and practice rebuking each other. (laughs) 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 The most spiritual goofiness, weirdness in the world. (laughs) I did not do this. That's too funny, dude. I did not do this. That is too good. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, you know, that's on here too, right? Like that, this idea that we should be able to. (laughs) And we should be chomping at the bit. Not chomping at the bit, but, but to exhort one another yeah, to, you yeah. know, to correct one another yeah. in love, truth in love and on something weighty. Meaningful. Yeah. You know, that is, that's a good point because it is really irritating when someone comes to, to you or you see someone go to someone else and they make a really, really big deal about something that they see in your life. And it's like a, it's a molehill. It's such a small mm-hmm. thing. Like mm-hmm. it may be wrong, but it's like, pretty small and this person just really blew this thing up yeah like really tears into you really yeah 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 um it's like you want to save that card for when it matters right right because if you're doing it for everything you just become someone who's yeah yeah critical complaining Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm not gonna listen to you um exhorting is not critiquing Mm -hmm. it's you know pointing you to the ideal yeah 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 go be like that yeah, for sure. You know, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Right? For here's, sure. Here's an example for you. Um, so, yeah, I, I think in, in all of this, I, I use this language of this is what it looks like to be the ideal sibling. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we all come from families that are complicated. Mm-hmm. You know, no family is perfect. Some families are really, really broken, really, really hard and really, really bad. Some families are better mm-hmm. from a, just like a enjoyment perspective or whatever. Uh, but this the church will be one day the family we've always longed for. Uh, and right now we're trying to imitate or model or get there. And so we're not the perfect siblings. We have the perfect father, uh, yeah. but we are trying to get to the place that God is going to bring us to now. This is a thought I just had. And so it may be a nothing thought, but it's, it's, it's actually like the church is the only 
perfect family, right? Ooh. We never, we never Say get to again. the point. The church is the only, you know, the only perfect family. It's like, I mean, Adam and Eve, right, existed in, in perfection yeah. for a while. For like and a so, moment. And so so that's a family unit. But, um, but I mean, you think about when they expand their family. They're, mm. they're, they're, their kids messed up from the jump, Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. murdering each other. Yeah. And so it's actually, I mean, Jesus' family wasn't perfect, right? right. His brothers were embarrassed and ashamed mm-hmm. of him. Yep. And, and uh, so... It's just interesting to think about. It's like, this is our identity. This is who we are. And there's nothing like it. And there's never yeah. been anything like it. And, and, and it's not, you, you talked about it at the beginning, like this is maybe a throwaway phrase or, you know, this family idea, but, but really and truly is our eternal family forever. Yeah. And like, that's a real thing. Yeah. It's not a spiritual and, up in the clouds. It's like, that's real. Like some, some of us will have parents who are not in heaven with us. Yeah. Or siblings are not in heaven or new creation with mm-hmm. us, but we will live as true family with the people that are sitting in the chairs at our church with us forever. Um, in a way where our biological family may yeah. not be. And, and that, and, and that doesn't start in the future. Right. It's, it's, we're living it now. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and even, and even like, you know, Paul, uh, Jesus talk, is asked a question and he says, you know, y- y'all misunderstand. There's no marriage. And, and the resurrection. Yeah. And so it's like even our, fa- our, our immediate families that we've created aren't our forever families. Yeah. Our forever family is every brother and sister in Christ. Yeah. Um, and it makes me think of that. Uh, is it audio adrenaline song, Big Big House? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it makes me think of that song. Like, Man, there's lots and lots of room. <laughs> big, big table. Lots and lots of food. Really big table. <laughs> big, big yard. <laughs> we play football. Who day? I think that's how it goes. I think it says who day in the song. Um, well, the other thing I think there's really a really great point, And this goes to all those one another's is, you know, this idea of not putting bricks on people. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, t- instead imitating Christ and taking burdens. Right. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought you were going to cite this and you didn't. And I was disappointed. I was oh, like, this I'm sorry, is perfect. But it's that, it's that, you know, Jesus says, take my yoke. Oh yeah. My, like my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, he is the one who takes our burden. We had a, read a whole book about this. In yeah. Years. Gentle. Yeah. Gentle and lowly. And so it's like that, that he is the one who takes burdens. Yeah. Uh, and so that we in imitating him, mm-hmm. we can be that, that for others. And, right? and the, and the big burdens. takeaway that I wanted to communicate at this point was you, we don't know what people got going on. Mm-hmm. You know, we look, I use the example of a mom who's got her kid running around like crazy, but there could be a million examples yeah. of someone's doing something that you just find distasteful or you yeah. find rude or you wouldn't do that, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like, and you're over they're there. They're stressed. Yeah. They're, yeah. Whatever. And you're scowling at them. You're judging them. You're looking down on them or whatever, but it's like, you've got no idea what's going on in their life. And you have unwitted, whether you did anything or not, put in another brick on them uh, or you at least haven't taken one off. You know, they're carrying this way. And it's like our job is to take bricks off and carry the burdens together. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not be adding them on. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, so, you know, we practice the one another's. And the, the second thing he said is we fight for unity, which I think is funny. Uh, it's like an interesting kind of turn of phrase, right? Because if there's unity, you there shouldn't be, be any fighting. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's something we fight for. So, so let's talk about that a little bit, fighting for unity. Uh, and what that looks like, how that plays out yeah. in our, our everyday life. Well, I wanted to be clear in the sermon that um, we don't create our unity. 
we don't establish it mm-hmm. or come up mm-hmm. with it. Like Jesus is the basis for our unity. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, Paul in Ephesians you know, says we're eager to maintain it. Uh, so we already have it. And so Jesus is the basis of it starts there. Um, he, he gives it to us yeah. and says, don't, don't mess it up. <laughs> don't screw right? it don't up. Don't drop it. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that is the basis for our unity. Uh, but, but I think even, I didn't really go into this in the sermon, but mm-hmm. this is kind of the implication of what I'm talking about is it funnels down, right? So you've got this universal church, all believers everywhere, all yep. time, have a unity in Christ. But on a local church level, we're talking about unity there. Our, uni- our unity begins in Jesus, but it also, um, it, it is around some, some lines we're drawing around what we believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the covenant, like how we think we ought to live. Yeah. And so drawing those lines on the front end and saying, hey, our local church unity is going to be based off this doctrinal statement, this covenant statement. And if you can't agree to those things, hey, we'll have unity in Christ, but we can't have unity on a local church level. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's interesting. People can look at denominations mm-hmm. and like denominationalism or whatever and think like, oh, well, they don't care about unity. Right. When it's actually like, no, we actually think we are maintaining unity mm-hmm. by drawing these lines. Yeah, right? yeah. We actually think it actually help it helps unity. It doesn't right. hurt it. Yeah, yeah. We would just be fighting all the time if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was this movement and it may still be around, I don't know, but when I was a teenager, that there was a lot of talk about like how, man, I just hate denominations. I hate denominations. They're terrible. Yeah, yeah. Let's just be, all be non-denominational. Well, every non-denominational church is just its own denomination. It's its own denomination. Yeah, yeah. It's like there are denominations for a particular reason that people disagreed about something so much that they had to create two different yeah. organizations. And plus, you know, they partner together for missions and all the like, you know, yeah, deno- yeah. there are other, you know, benefits to non- denominations outside of just like doctrinal. Right, right, right. But, but for sure about, you know, how a church operates, doctrinal yeah. lines are helpful. So right. you're not arguing over the time over if you got to wait for this kid to profess, yeah. profess, you know, faith or if we can just baptize them when they're born. Yeah. Dunk them, whatever. So like, that's just like, yeah, it's untenable. You can't maintain that. Right. Uh, so it's actually helpful to unity. Mm-hmm. So. And, and I really think like it's, it's the job of the mature. Yes. To, oh, yes. To set the standard for, Hey, I, I got a little more wisdom, a little more knowledge, a little bit more experience. I can look at you, <clears throat> this infant or child in the faith, even if it's a 35 year old man mm-hmm. just comes to faith. He's an infant in the Lord who is ultra passionate about always, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, we're going to be patient. We're going to give time. We're going to give space. We're not going to just like give into this fight. We're going to like, let him work through that a little bit. We're not going to divide over it. Yeah. Help. Which I think is also a, a statement to the strength of denominations is like, it's not like we're just making new ones all the time. Yeah. It's like they're, they're traditions that have formed over a long period of time that have very clear doctrinal standards and statements. It's not just like one guy was ticked and went and made his own. He's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm an Anabaptist now, you know, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. these were thought out, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, fought after, sought after. It's interesting. You use that word tradition. It's like so often we have fought over in the church, fought over traditions that are four, so, 40 years old. <laughs> you know, we had the choir and it looked like this, the you know, whatever some, yeah, yeah. But, but really the traditions we're fighting for are 500 years old. Yeah. Starting with the Protestant Reformation. Um, um, well, it's like, it's, you know, I, I always think about, you know, people who are like, we, you know, we never sing hymns anymore. You know, we never sing hymns. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, someone a hundred years ago, I've been like, what are all these new songs? Why don't we just sing the Psalms like we used to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sure. it's just funny. I'll tell you, man, I, I mentioned the story about Thomas Jefferson. Uh, it, 
I went back and had to reread it because well, I was, I was like, like, I want, I want, I needed you to like cite the, I needed a footnote in the, cause I didn't, I don't think this happened. I'm going to have to go well, read it. it. I don't know whether it happened, but this, this biographer said it, it happened. Or um, his food was poisoned or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. This is just so wacko to me. It, it really Br- briefly retell it for people. That, yeah. Yeah. That so, so the idea was, you know, Thomas Jefferson has written the declaration of independence. We're in the middle of the revolutionary war. Thomas Jefferson isn't in the military. So he's at home. He's in Monticello in Virginia, living his life, doing his thing. Um, you know, writing to George Washington kind of staying up to date, but he's not fighting or anything. And so he just lives at home. Well, these other British officers, uh, high ranking officer moves to the property next to Jefferson's. And he knows Jefferson's there and sends him a letter to say, Hey, uh, we're, we, you know, we're new over here. Why don't you guys come over for dinner, uh, tomorrow night? And he does. Uh, and, he, and the, the biographer says that they had this ability to distinguish between their political disagreements and their individual animosity. And so they didn't have any individual animosity. He's like, Hey, you hate the King. I love the King, whatever, you know? And so it's like, I read that and I thought, we're nowhere close to this today. Like, yeah, we like got people. You can't even use if you use the wrong word in describing something politically. Oh, you're yeah. automatically put in a camp, right? That cannot interact with the other camp, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know, like I was thinking about the the Russian Ukraine war. It's like here's a war happening that has nothing to do really with us, and yeah. we got people dividing and won't talk to each other over their opinions about that war. Yeah. Yeah. And this was a war like literally happening miles away from them. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is crazy. And so do you, would you say that's like to be emulated in the church? Certainly. Like, like certainly there is like, there are things to divide over there. You know, this mm-hmm. is why we draw the lines. Like we can't be, you want to baptize babies. We can't be unified. And just to be clear to divide, uh, ecclesiologically yeah, as yeah, a yeah. church for sure. But we can be their friend. Yeah, yeah. We can go to conferences I've got together. Great Presbyterian friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if we want to do mission trips with Presbyterians, great. Um, but like, yes, in the local church, like we're going to do, we, we do can't Presbyterians do mission trips, like to nurseries. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and, and, so yes, um, there are reasons to divide over things as far as to be in the same church. Uh, but yeah, I think there's much to be emulated, especially in our families and our friend groups, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you find these people that get really, really passionate about X issue. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you might just think that's really silly or you disagree with it or whatever. And it's like, talk about it. Yeah. It's not like we don't, we shouldn't talk about it, talk about it, argue about it, think mm-hmm. through it. But it's like, eh, yeah, we disagree, but then just move together as friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but like it's a lost art. And especially within the walls of your church, your church membership, yeah, yeah. There, there should be no division over political issues that that don't have like you know like a theological angle, right? They're over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it certainly should not keep us from holding people in right relationship. Right. It doesn't give us an excuse uh, to not live according to the one another's mm-hmm. because we disagree. Like, I can think you're wrong, and mm-hmm. still honor you. Yeah, and love you and. Serve be you. hospitable to you and exhort you and yeah, yeah, all those things. Yeah. And have deep friendship for sure. For sure. Lost we'll start. Oh gotta, yeah. We gotta, we gotta bring it back. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. So practicing the one another's fighting for unity. And then lastly, uh, bringing value. We bring value to the church. 
Yeah. So the, the, the big idea on, on the backdrop of this sermon was we have value mm-hmm. as image bearers, as yeah. family, but also that we don't just ontologically have value, but we're actually bringing value. For, for those that are wondering, the word ontological, what the heck does ontological mean? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it just means like at the core of your being. Yeah. At the state who of you being, yeah. who you are. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> ontological. <laughs> um, that's the word of the day. Y'all try to use that this week in a sentence. Um, and so but we bring value. And so God has wired you. God has gifted you. God has made you with particular um, gifts um, and personality mm-hmm. and all these things. And so when you come into our church, you are bringing that in the same way that Paul describes the church as a body. It's got nose, ears, eyes, mm-hmm. all those things. Um, and not one member can say to the other, we don't need you. Right. Cause so you can imagine a church where this group of people over here, they're all about missions and they just want to send people yeah, around yeah. the world. And this group over here is all about theology and they just want to study deeper. And then this group over here is just all about like community and getting together and doing life together. Uh, it's it, one of those groups can't say to the other, Hey, we don't need you. We don't need that theology. We just need to do missions. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, no, actually we need all of these together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you come into our church and you have the gift of encouragement and you sit on the sideline and don't use it, now we're all discouraged. Yeah. Uh, you know, you come into the church and you've got um, the gift of, you know, of singing and we got nobody to sing and, and, and you're sitting over there not doing anything. Now, now we're, we, we don't get to sing together, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And so it's like we, we are a better church, a more fuller church, a richer church for having what you bring that we don't already have because we don't have you. You are unique. There's not mm-hmm. two of you. Mm-hmm. You're a snowflake. You know, there's only one. Wow. <laughs> Call me a snowflake. But in a good sense. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think I think that does two things, right? It's like one, we live in a world that is almost dissolved of like meaning, right? Of purpose. Mm-hmm. And what, what Paul is saying is that you actually have a unique purpose in God's family, yeah. in the mission of God, you have a unique calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one, like what, when, when you are gone or when you are not serving and you should be serving, uh, right? That, you are, it hurts the body as a whole, right? Well, you're, and I don't mean this as like a guilt. It's like, that's not like you're inflicting pain, but we're, we miss you. Not in this, like we, you've gone away, but it's like, there's, there's a hole, there's a gap. We, we could be a hundred percent and we're 98, right? You know, we could be 70% we're 65. Yeah. Uh, and so, but I think also what that should do in all of us is, convict us to not just say, Oh, I matter. That's, that's really great to that's hear. Sweet. That's sweet. But to say, no, I matter to this church. This is my family. I, mm-hmm. I matter. I'm valuable. I need to step up and accept my, mm-hmm. my role yeah. and, and to, to use my, my yeah. gift. And I didn't bring this up, but in that passage, Paul actually talks about um, the parts we cover up. You know, you're talking about the bodies like, Hey, there are parts of our body we cover up. And he says, we cover them up because they have, they have more honor. Right. And so like we cover mm. up. And so it's like there are there are people in our church who do things that are, are in a sense covered up and that we don't yeah. see them. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're not as special. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're not as important. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're more important and yeah, more, more honor, honor because they're doing something vital that is a skeletal system. Mm-hmm. It is foundational. Right. And just just because you're not up on the stage singing or preaching or yeah, yeah. doing something everybody sees, it's like, no, that doesn't like what you're doing maybe have double honor. Yeah. So, for sure. Uh, the last thing I'll say about that is uh, 
I got to throw in a Lewis reference here. Oh, of course. The Inklings, uh, his group of of, of writers, uh, him Which, and Tolkien. We should also we should start naming our friend groups again. Yes, <laughs> let's do that. Um, and, and so uh, they were together and would get together and talk about the books they were writing and stuff. Well, one of their friends died. I believe it was Charles, uh, not Barkley. Uh, Charles know. Barkley. <laughs> it starts famous, famous uh, basketball player yeah. Charles Barkley was hanging out. Barfield. That's who it was. It was. I think it was Barfield who died. And Lewis talked about how he actually had less of Tolkien as a friend because Barfield could bring out a particular part of Tolkien. Yeah, we um, didn't just lose Barfield. Barfield. We lost the part of Tolkien that Barfield uh, that brought out. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, they were lesser as a group for that. And I think in the same way, we're lesser as a church when we don't have the unique thing that you yeah. bring to us. And yeah, yeah, and not that just we're missing you, but that ripple effect yeah. that you bring mm-hmm. um, is we're we're missing we're missing that. Yeah, that, that's an, a, such an amazing story. I yeah. think you told me that for the first time, and I was like, golly, that's, that's powerful. Mm. That's good. So there you go. Just a uh, just a uh, just a couple of you know nuggets of, of diving <laughs> back into uh, uh, the sermon. But we do have a couple of questions. So we'll move love to questions, questions and answer. You can always uh, submit a question on the church app. Uh, there's a link on the Facebook page and the link tree, which is in the bio of the Instagram. I know that was a lot. Uh, or you can just come up and ask but me. But everyone question. should have the the church the app. app. If you got Get the church the app. app, it's in there. Submit a question to the podcast. Uh, so here's the first one. It's about unity. Uh, this person asked, you said something along the lines of unity comes from diversity, not conformity. Can you expand on that thought? Yeah. So unity, when, uh, if, if unity is we all agree and look exactly the same and are exactly the same, have all the same positions and all the same interests and all the same likes and everything is not hard. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's literally clones, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's like, that's easy. That there's no trial, there's no rubbing up against one another. There's no trials. There's no difficulty there. And so, man, like who can't do that? Mm-hmm. Um, but the ability to have deep unity and 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 let me let me kind of say this as an aside. Sometimes you know I'll hear foot. You know we're in football season, getting gearing up. Sometimes you'll hear football players talk about how man, you know Sundays just bring people together in a way nothing else does. You know all these people cross dividing lines come mm-hmm. together for football. It's like, that's true in a sense, but just in a very, very shallow sense, it's like mm-hmm. these people can come together for an hour and cheer for the same team. But when they leave, they're disunified again. When they, as soon, soon as something comes no, up, no one's talking to each other as, you know, 30,000 of us like walk out of right. the stadium or whatever. Right. And so it doesn't really bring true unity. Uh, and so real deep, actual unity um, that comes despite our differences, despite our, backgrounds and upbringings and races and socioeconomic statuses and personalities and preferences and and generations. And we can have unity despite all of these things that would seem to divide us. Mm -hmm. Well, it points to something like what's causing that? What's the glue that can cause such a unity? Because you don't see this anywhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. So what can do that? Jesus. And how much Jesus means to us, how much he's changed us, how much saved us. And so that unity is displayed, uh, uh, even more that the fact that it's we're crazy diverse yet have this deep family unity. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a testament to the gospel. Yeah. And I think the only thing I'll add to that is that I think it's such a great apologetic to the world that right now values diversity so strongly, like everyone, you know, every company, oh, yeah. every 
movie and TV show, right? It's like celebrating, you know, diversity. Yeah. And we have a story like of church history saying, yeah, we've been celebrating diversity for 2000 years. <laughs> Long time. Uh, and so, and, and we, we, we want to be crossing lines of socioeconomic, of race, of language, right? Because mm. we know we're all entering a kingdom where every tribe, tongue, and nation is going to bow. Right. And so it's like, what a beautiful thing that we can show a watching world to say, hey, we may not agree, we may not look the same, we may not speak the same language, we may not make the same amount of money. It's like, but we can all unite around one thing. Yeah, we are. And, we unite around a throne. Yeah, and it's it's it's, I think to a watching world that values diversity is is confusing, is attractive, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I think we need to lean on that, not yeah. not flee away from it. Uh, so, second question is. Um, you mentioned that God is the perfect example of a father, Jesus the perfect example of a sibling. Uh, so is the Holy Spirit the perfect example of a mother? I think, and and the person that sent this question in, uh, I, I you know I think the 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 hang up or the distinction is that you said the that God is the perfect example of a father, masculine. gendered, masculine. Jesus is the perfect example of a sibling, mm-hmm. non gendered. Uh, so. Is the Holy Spirit the mother is the, the yeah, I yeah. think, the follow-up question. Yeah. Well, first of all, I said sibling of Jesus simply because I was using that sibling language throughout the sermon. Mm-hmm. Jesus is certainly male. Uh, you know, it's interesting. In a sense, uh, the Father has revealed himself to be, you know, God the Father has revealed himself to be the Father. Yeah. Uh, but Jesus is actually physically male. Yeah. Because he's the only one who's entered history and taken a body. Um, and so what I was not trying to say in that is, oh, here's the, each person of the Trinity has to, uh, precisely reflect one of these things. Like the family unit. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not, not what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying, well, God the Father has told us he's a father. Mm-hmm. And so, and he has modeled that in adopting us and mm-hmm. what it looks like to care for us. Um, Jesus, the Bible tells us that he is our brother. We are the firstborn among many, he is the firstborn among many brothers. And so, uh, it's told us that. And he models that in the way he cares for us and the way he loves us. Mm-hmm. Things. And I would actually say, um, there's a sense in which, uh, the father is modeling perfect parentage, right? And so uh, w- where do mothers get their ideal mother from? Well, it's from God, the mm-hmm. character and nature of God. Mm-hmm. Not that God has revealed himself or ever called himself mother, or we should call him mother. We shouldn't do that because he's not done that. But, uh, but to, to mother, look to God. Mm-hmm. If you look to God and model him, you'll be, the, you'll be the, a great mother. Um, and even in the sense of which, okay, where does male and female come from? Well, male and female come from the idea that we're creating the image of God. Well, female comes from God and in the image of God. And so if, if male and female are two sides of the same coin, God's the whole coin. Mm-hmm. And so he embodies masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. and are, and give those to the particular genders Yeah, uh, or, or sexes. I probably I think we probably should stop using the yeah, word gender. gender. Sexes is probably the more, more um, correct term. And so, uh, so I would say that not that gender is somehow fluid or whatever. We're saying that because gender is a linguistic term, referring to set, language, and sex yeah. is a biological term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. wasn't until the 1970s that we began to use the word gender to talk about male uh, and female. Yeah, outside of language, like in Spanish, right. you know, masculine words. Right. Just, just wanted to be super. <laughs> little side super, note: We're gonna have a whole 30 minute conversation. Super clear on that point, because um, we're in a little like uh, some culturally dicey things. So. <laughs> Weird times in 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so just, but just clearly that's like God, God, the father is not an embodied man, right? right? He's, he has revealed himself in his character as father, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus as 
son who is embodied as a man and the spirit has no body uh, does have masculine pronouns used throughout the, the Holy Spirit. Scriptures. So we don't, we don't call the spirit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call him him. Right. And, you know, we are given other, you know, sort of touchstones of what the spirit is like, mm-hmm. you know, counselor, helper, uh, all yep. those things. And yep. so, yeah. And the last question is, can you please share a list of all the verses used in the sermon? To which I say, I'll put them in the show notes. But uh, also, okay. is Brent going to list them right here? He's like pulling up his sermon. <laughs> I've, I've got it. I, I, can, I can hit it real quick. Oh, uh, he's going he's gonna to say them, but also just know they'll be in the description of the, the episode. So John 13, 35, which was people know what you're my disciples, but how you love each other. Ephesians 4, 1 through 2, um, which is an example of one of the one another's. Um, uh, Romans 12, 10, love one another, brotherly affection, I'll do one another, showing honor. Uh, Ephesians four three eager Great to maintain verse. the unity. First um, Corinthians no yeah First Corinthians twelve seven through eleven, um, which is kind of about the spiritual gifts. Uh, those are the ones I saw as a quick scan through. So. There you go. But we'll uh, we'll get all those in the episode description and and uh, the the show notes as well. Yeah. So uh, you don't have to. Thanks for your questions, guys. Yeah, appreciate the questions. You can always always send those in, and we will. Uh, get them answered on here, Brent. Any 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 tease for uh, for next week of membership matters? Oh, the don't te- give it away, but just like a little a little. The tease would be, um, what does healthy biblical membership, or what what does healthy? Um, uh, oh gosh, now you, you put me on the spot. I've drawn like uh, healthy uh, biblical community look like. What does healthy biblical community look like? Yeah. Well, when that, do you get, when, when and where do you got to show up and what do you got to do and what's it look like? Hmm, hmm, seems good. Well, uh, thank you for joining us for the recap this week. We hope that our conversation has encouraged you to keep striving to make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life. If you aren't part of our church family, there's that family language again, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday morning. We gather for worship at 1030 a.m. For more information, you can always go to myfellowship.church. We will be here next week. See ya. Be blessed.